Welcome to Content Pros Podcast, where we unlock the strategies and secrets of the best content marketers in the world and ask the questions you've always wanted asked. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince and Convert, content marketing strategy advisors and counselors to leading brands and organizations worldwide. Convince and Convert makes your content better. Oracle Marketing Cloud, helping businesses use the latest marketing technologies to tell their stories and connect with their customers. And by Uberflip, a content experience platform that allows marketers to create, manage, and optimize tailored content experiences for every stage of the buyer journey. Now, here are your hosts from Oracle Marketing Cloud, Chris Moody, and from Uberflip, Randy Frisch. Ready? Let's talk to the pros. Hey, everyone. Welcome back to the Content Pros Podcast. We're really excited. Today, we're joined by Matt Toby from Comedy Central. Thanks, Chris. It's Randy here. Matt, thanks so much for taking the time to join us. Um, just so for anyone who doesn't know Matt, uh, Matt's spent a lot of time uh, with Comedy Central. Um, actually had a little bit of a stint where he left Comedy Central in, in the past and has come back. Hopefully one day we get a, a John Stewart return to Comedy Central. But you know, Matt, maybe you can tell us a little bit about what you're doing to keep people laughing over Comedy Central. Hi, thanks for having me. Um... Yeah, I, uh, I have been uh, there for about eight years and uh, social, I am the head social media writer, um, which eight years ago was a much different job than it is now. It was a more of a blogging uh, role back then. And uh, as the years have gone on, the, the internet has evolved and my job has evolved along with it. So uh, now I'm, instead of writing blog posts i'm mostly doing tweets and facebook updates and instagram and tumblr and <laughs> snapchat and vine and then whatever gets invented tomorrow so what kind of pressure do you feel trying to be funny every single time you write something in 140 characters or less <laughs> um uh well i don't know it's it's there's there's kind of two sides to the to the to the coin on the one hand you know, I am representing the voice of, you know, basically the number one name in comedy. Um, so there's a lot of pressure to live up to that. Um, but on the other hand, uh, it, I'm also kind of hiding behind that. So if, you know, one thing doesn't land quite as well as the other, um, then, uh, you know, I can... It, 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 it's, uh, I, I don't have my name on it, so I can, I can, uh, I can use it both ways. Um, but, uh, but ob obviously there is, uh, plenty of pressure there. Um, but we have a good team. It's not just me. So, um, I, I'm able to lean on a lot of people and, uh, I think most of the time we end up coming up with, uh, with pretty funny stuff. Yeah, I was I was checking out Matt some of the stuff that that goes through your your Twitter uh, feed, and you know a lot of it is is one liners that that you know make you smirk, make you laugh, mm -hmm. uh, things like that. And I'm wondering, you know, there's a lot of talk these days in terms of how a lot of these different mediums uh, are evolving. Um, you know, there's a lot of talk as Twitter is trying to redefine what it is, even on the web, as to whether they should go more than 140 characters. Mm -hmm. uh, what's your thoughts on that? I mean, what's what's your thought in terms of how that would, you know, either help you um, or, you know, maybe even, you know, make it trickier to break through the clutter. 
Um, I mean, I'd be lying if I said that there are not frequently times where I'm bumping up against that character count and kind of pulling my hair out, trying to get in all the details, um, that I need to get into a tweet. Um, so there have been a, a lot of times where e- even 141 characters would have helped me out a lot. Um, I do feel like the limitation, uh, it is part of the, the, the appeal though. Um, you know, when you're reading your timeline, you can absorb and take in, uh, so many points of view and so much information, um, be, because of that character limit. Um, and I think that's always been kind of the appeal of Twitter for most people. Um, and so I think opening it up, it, it, it all depends on the way it's handled. Um, so I, I, I think that there's a, a, a possibility that, uh, that it could be advantageous. I don't think any of us are really going to have much choice about it. It sounds like they have their minds made up. Um, but I think for the most part, you know, people, uh, use Twitter for, for short form, uh, thoughts and ideas. And I, I think it'll continue to, to be that, uh, even if it's 10,000 or a million characters. So how are you using Vine, which we were just talking about Twitter, but you guys have almost 15 million loops on Vine. So I see that you have a very big following there and it's growing quickly. So is that a big part of your strategy now? Um, yeah, I mean, in 2016, I think Vine for me is, is the, um, the thing that I, the place where I'd like us to grow the most, I think there's a lot of potential for growth there. Um, and you know, it's, uh, I, I would say that we're we have been using it for a while, and so there are kind of tried and true things that we do there. But it's also a great space for experimentation. Um, so we uh, we promote our shows on there and uh, have you know little six second snippets of some of the best moments from our shows. But um, as we are with all of our social feeds, we're we're getting into a lot more uh, original content on there too. Um, and so that's something that I'm excited about doing and, you know, figuring out, uh, what kinds of things we can do, um, in terms of, uh, original, original vines and, um, you know, just kind of, uh, making the most of, of the, the platform. So, so just thinking, thinking around that, um, you know, I, I'm a big fan, say of YouTube when it comes to comedy, mm-hmm. uh, I, you know, both myself plus my kids, you know, they'll, they'll jump on to a channel. Uh, I know it's not a comedy central, you know, feed, but like Jimmy Fallon and they'll just watch, sure. you know, clip after clip. Um, you know, they can be hooked in it, uh, you know, almost like they're on Netflix. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and I'm wondering, you know, in your approach to vine, is it, is it really just a, a more condensed version of what someone would binge on YouTube or does it require a different strategy? Because I think a lot of people who are probably listen probably have some sort of a YouTube strategy. Uh-huh. And if they're thinking, okay, 2016, I'm, I'm listening to Matt here. This is going to be the year we, you know, make a dent into Vine. Is it as simple as just, you know, cutting my YouTube feed, you know, no. be more digestible or, you know, maybe you can give us an idea of, of a, you know, a strategy you've done on Vine that's truly unique to Vine versus what you do on YouTube? Well, I think, I think Vine is more, I think you have to think of Vine more along the lines of how you would think about Twitter or how you would think about, uh, like a funny GIF. 
Um, it's, it's gotta be a quick take. Um, you know, it's gotta require as little context as possible, uh, so that, you know, the, the meat of it, you know, the, 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 the true message of it can come through in those, you know, very, you know, six seconds is, is almost no time at all. Um, so I think trying to condense something that is long form, uh, down to a six second vine is probably not, uh, an effective strategy most of the time. Um, but I think if you think in terms of, you know, what kind of message would I put into a tweet, you know, whether it's a joke or it's, you know, something you're, you're promoting or, or whatever. Um, I think those quick gets, you know, is you drill down to the, to the essence of it. Um, those, those are the kinds of things that do well. And I think that's what people are generally looking for on vine. Um, you know, I think, I think if you try to do too much within that, uh, limited space, um, it, it just doesn't resonate. Matt, one of the things you mentioned in your survey before the show was a very successful post on Tumblr that was sponsored content. And we've talked Mm -hmm. a lot about sponsored content in the past. I'm curious if you could touch a little bit as to what that was and what the strategy was, because I think many folks just associate sponsored content as the boring stuff we try to scroll through or we discount because it says sponsored by blah, blah, blah. So maybe Uh you could talk about what was unique about that. Uh, Yeah, well, I mean... That's that was kind of the way that I looked at sponsored content for a long time too, and so I, when we were trying to come up with an effective strategy, I, you know, I'm, my mantra is always, you know, what would I like to see if I was a, a fan, like if I was a user, you know, um, and um, it, it seems so obvious now, um, but what we had been doing previously with with our our sponsored posts was uh just coming up with something new and you know we could they they allow some like a b testing but but beyond that these are things that we're just throwing out there um as sponsored posts and crossing our fingers um and uh eventually it occurred to me that you know we didn't really have to be doing it that way um, we could be using things that we, that had already been tested organically. Um, and so once I shifted to that approach, like, you know, if it was a specific show that we were trying to promote going through and looking at recent posts that we had done and seeing, finding posts that, that had performed well organically, um, and then repurposing those as our promoted posts, you know, we saw exponentially more, more success there. And so with that Colbert post in in particular, um, it had done, it had done well, uh, already. And, um, and, you know, adding that, uh, sponsorship behind it, just, you know, pushed it through the stratosphere. Um, so, you know, again, like I said, to, to say it out loud, it seems like such an obvious strategy, but, but for me, you know, the, the approach that we were taking, you know, we, we'd been doing Tumblr sponsored posts for, for a while and had had some successes and had some, you know, not successes. Um, uh, but once, once we kind of, uh, zeroed in on that strategy, um, you know, we've, we've had, uh, tons of, you know, uh, really well-performing uh, posts on there. 
So I'd love to dig in on on your description of success versus non-success. I mean, you know, Chris and I both come from B2B environments where success for us, as much as sometimes we want to just make an engagement, you know, it's got to be conversion of some sort. It could be a conversion mm-hmm. to a lead or, or something of that sort. You know, in, in, in your strategies with a, a channel like Tumblr, you know, what is that metric that determines success or, or lack thereof? Um, you know, I, it, the obvious things like likes and shares are, are always going to be the primary metric, but, um, I, I, I tend to, to, to try to dig a little bit deeper into those, those numbers. Um, you know, if, you know, cause I don't, I feel like, especially, from a brand perspective, you know, one person's share is, is maybe not the same as, as another person's share. So I think that when, um, when I see, you know, uh, an account like a comedian account or, or something like that, that likes or, or shares something of ours, you know, I feel like, I feel like that's a, a pretty strong gauge that, that we, um, hit the nail on the head with, with something, um, you know, because that's, that's our audience and it's also kind of our, our peers. Um, so, you know, obviously numbers are, are going to be the things that are the easiest thing to look at, but, um, I, I feel like there's, there's some nuance there too, um, in, in terms of who's responding and how they're responding. So, so obviously, you know, just digging a little deeper on that, you know, obviously the, the goal is not a purchase per se in, in your, in your, uh, you know, business model, but, but, you know, we've talked about some of the other channels that you maybe own a bit more, you know, perhaps your Twitter channel, perhaps, you know, your Vine channel, you know, when you're doing some of these sponsored posts, um, where you're paying money to acquire that, that person, you know, in a less organic manner, are you trying to drive someone to one of those channels specifically for more ongoing engagement? Because I mean, I mean, otherwise I would assume that they're just going to continue down that Tumblr feed and, you know, it's as memorable as, as your post will hopefully be, they're not going to engage in more in that moment. So I'm just wondering how you, you know, besides for getting that share and that like, you know, and the trickle effect from that, are you trying to create more of a journey in any way with that, that visitor in that moment? Well, I mean, yes and no. I mean, we're, we're trying to, to, um, pick up more followers all the time. Um, but I think at the end of the day, most, for the most part, what we're doing is, is building awareness, um, for, um, for the shows and for the brand in general. Um, and those, those are the things that are even more hard to, uh, to quantify, um, and, you know, really tell that, you know, it, this person saw this Tumblr post or this tweet and they liked it. And then they went and they watched this show. You know, we can obviously look at clicks, click throughs and video views and things like that. Um, uh, but the, the, the bigger picture is, is a little less tangible, I think. Um, but at the same time, I mean, we, we know that we have shows that are really popular and the, and they're popular, 
um, with our social media audience. And then, you know, we see that, uh, that those, that a lot of people are watching those shows. So, you know, it's not that hard to make the connection. Um, even if there, there isn't like a, a firm number to attach to it. Matt, you talked about voice and I'm very curious about the voice of the brand because with comedy central, you have so many different voices that are kind of figureheads in the network. And a Daniel mm-hmm. Tosh is very different than a Stephen Colbert and you know anyone else who's ever been on Comedy Central. I'm curious, too, just across the social accounts and knowing that there are lots of writers and people creating content, how do you ensure a consistent brand voice? And if you could talk a little bit about the process there. Um, yeah, I mean, like you said, every show is distinct and, um, and so there is a little bit of a balancing act, um, maintaining the, the voice from the, from show to show, but also maintaining a larger, uh, brand voice. Um, so, but you know, it, it, I feel like for me, it's, uh, it's a product of just being immersed in all of it. Um, it, 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 at this point, it all kind of, kind of comes naturally. Um, but we do have, you know, uh, we do have some guidelines as a group. We have some guidelines that, that we try to adhere to in terms of, um, you know, what is the, the comedy central brand voice, you know, who is it, what does it sound like? Um, so, you know, there, there, we do have that as a, as a reference. Um, but personally for me, it, it's, it's something that, um, that I just kind of know and that that comes naturally to me. Um, and, uh, you know, it's, it's interesting that, that there can be some cohesiveness between, you know, say like something like Tosh and something like Broad City or South Park and, um, the Daily Show and, you know, these things that, um, might, seem really separate and and distinct um and obviously are distinct but um that they can still kind of live under this umbrella and um i that that the brand itself can can kind of uh, bring cohesion uh to to them so so as you talk about guidelines i'm sure the question that everyone's wondering on their mind political views aside how grateful are you for trump (laughs) um I, 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 I don't know, you know, at this point, uh, I, I, I think he has, uh, uh, worn out his, his, uh, comedic value. <laughs> I'll, I'll leave it at that. <laughs> I, I think that's well put. Maybe, maybe more seriously on there though. How, how do you, how do you determine that line? You know, you talked about guidelines, you talked about how far you go, you know, I, I mean, to Chris's point, you've got some shows that, that really go over the line, right? And in, in some people's view, you know, who draws that line and, you know, does that happen amongst your group or is that set uh, at a higher level either by, you know, Comedy Central as a whole, by, by marketing and messaging as a whole? I guess the question perhaps is, you know, where does con- the content team, which I would view you to be part of, mm-hmm. get involved in that decision making versus the implementation at Comedy Central? Uh, I think it depends. Uh, I would say ninety percent of the time, ninety nine percent of the time, even um, it is. It, these are decisions that are made just within uh, the, the editorial group that I'm on. Um, you know, I think 
we generally have a good gauge of um, where the lines are and how close to get to them. Um, with some things that are bigger or just more sensitive in general, um, there will you know sometimes be uh, notes that come down from from higher up. Uh, just to make sure that everybody's on the same page and uh, and that we're being conscious of the, all the things that we need to be conscious of, um, but uh, yeah, it's um, it's it's something that I think about with everything that I write because everything that I I write is is going going out to a large audience and it's representing um, a lot of people. Um, it, you know, at the at the same time, there is an edge that is expected of us. Um, so it's it it can be a challenge uh, to to find that spot that you know that's um, respectful and and safe, um, while also um, delivering what uh, you know what people expect from us in terms of bite. Um, but uh, I, I feel like we, we do a, a pretty good job of, of finding that sweet spot. I'm going to have to ask a total Comedy Central fan question here, but I would beat myself up if I didn't ask this. So it's a two-part question. One is, what's your favorite show on Comedy Central that is currently airing? And what is your all-time favorite show on Comedy Central? Oh, that's... Um... I mean, it feels a little obvious to say The Daily Show, um, but I I really love The Daily Show. I I, I think it's uh, as as good as as it has ever been. Um, I really like Broad City a lot too, though. Um, so I would say those are probably my two favorites right now. Um, you know, honestly, I've I've been there for eight years and. Um, a lot of shows have, have come and gone uh, over that time. And, um, I probably remember a lot of shows that most people don't just because I was down, uh, in the, tr- in the trenches. Um, but, uh, this for me, this is, is probably the best, uh, the, the best period, uh, um, in terms of, uh, the shows that we have right now, we have a lot of, uh, a lot of great ones. Um, but all time, uh, beyond the shows that are on right now, my all time favorite, uh, I, I really love strangers with candy. I think that's a classic show. Um, I would, yeah, I would, I would go with that for, for my all time favorite. That's not on currently. Um, you know, there's, we have, you know, a lot of shows that are, that are on that have been on for years and they've been, been great for a long time, you know, uh, South park and daily show, um, so there's sort of these institutions that, uh, um, you know, have been around longer than I have, uh, been with the company even, which, you know, I, I don't think, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of networks have those kinds of shows, certainly not multiple shows like that. So, um, it's a cool place to work. Yeah, there's no way to use a, a GIF in podcast form that I know of. But the whole time you were talking, I was thinking, like, this might be a question you don't want to answer, which reminded me of the Chappelle show in the one, two, three, four, fifth clip where he's in the jury, which that's one that I miss because the gold you would have on something like a Vine with some of the quick clips from Chappelle show, I, I really miss that one. Uh, 
Yeah. I mean, there's a lot, there are a lot of moments from Chappelle. I mean, that, that's why that show is, uh, so enduring and such a, such a classic show. Even now, like years later, it's still with our fans, it's still just one of the absolute most popular shows that we have. And there are so many moments from, from there that I feel like work, um, in terms of like a long form full clip, you know, uh, but then also there are just these like moments that, um, you know, all you need is, is a GIF or six seconds. And, uh, and, and it resonates, you know, more than you know, a, a full five or, or 10 minute clip, um, which I think really speaks to uh, what made that show so, so unique. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's, you know, it's interesting as you say that, cause I, I, I've been thinking back to something I was talking about before in terms of creating that path, creating that journey to one of your, your channels. And, you know, as you know, Chris works at Oracle marketing cloud. I work at Uberflip. As I said earlier, we're B2B focused. So when we Mm -hmm. compose a tweet, usually that tweet's going to have somewhere in those 140 characters, a link to get the person off of Twitter onto our, onto one of our websites. Right. Mm -hmm. And it's interesting. I mean, I, I've been playing around on your Twitter on this. Well, we're on this show and I'm having a great time by the way. But I mean, what's, what's amazing is I've just continued to scroll down entertained within the 140 characters or the, you know, the visual uh, asset that you've put in each time. And I almost don't have to leave. Right. Um, Mm -hmm. And I I find that kind of interesting in terms of how you're using that channel as a place to actually stick around and engage versus having to click to leave to engage in that. And I'm just wondering if there's any scenarios because I've I've scrolled down. I mean, it's it's so entertaining. I'm through like three or four days already mm-hmm. um, of, of tweets, and, and you guys are pretty active here. Is there any scenario though where you do want to get them off of you know that Twitter feed and onto you know one of your your show pages or something of that sort? Yeah, I mean, uh, we there are. are there's always an opportunity to see more, you know, if, if, if you're happy to just scroll through and, and, and read these quick take, uh, things, then we're, we're happy that, uh, that you're there. Um, but, but a lot of times, you know, it's, if there's, if there's something that grabs your attention, you'll find a link if you want to see more of it. You know, if you see a macro with, with a, a one liner on it and it makes you laugh, Usually there's going to be a, a link to watch that full episode or watch a clip. Um, you know, if it's something that hasn't aired yet, you can watch the preview of it and, and, and then hopefully you'll tune in and watch the whole, the whole episode or, 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 uh, most of our full episodes are on our, 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 our on our uh, mobile app too. Um, so there, there's always an opportunity to leave if you want more. Um, but, uh, you know, I, I think what, what we try to do is, uh, is give you that choice, you know, that you're still entertained even within the confines of, uh, of the character limit and, uh, and, and the short form. Um, but if you're looking for something, uh, longer, uh, then, uh, you know, we, we have that for you too. Matt, I have a question about kind of curation and content that never dies, which is a great opportunity to introduce the sponsor of this show, and that is Definitive. It's an email from Convince and Convert 
that many marketers say is the most useful resource around. Every single day, the team at Convince and Convert picks a topic and they send you the three best resources ever created about that topic. It's topical, it's timely, it's useful. Go to definitivedigest.com and subscribe for free right now. Which leads me to the question, Matt, sitting on all of the history of Comedy Central and the tons of shows you've had and the stand-up comedy and you know even all the social posts, is there ever a time where you go back and curate some of the older resources or do you stick to mostly things are, that are on the air? Because I have to think that your content library is insane. Oh, yeah. I mean, it would be crazy to, to not uh, dip into that stuff. Um, you know, like I said, Chappelle, obviously we, we still, um, push out Chappelle stuff all the time. People love it, you know, just as much as, as anything that's on right now. Um, so we do a lot of throwback Thursday and flashback Friday content. Um, South Park has been on for 20 years. Um, there's, you know, such a, a deep archive of things that resonate just as well today as they did, you know, when they were on. Uh, a decade or more ago. Um, and so, you know, that's, that is one of the, the biggest advantages of, of, of working there is that it's the, the, the amount of content is almost endless. Um, you know, old stand up, um, uh, you know, all the older classic shows like strangers with candy or Dr. Cats. Um, you know, there's, yeah, there's there's a there is content for every uh, every taste and occasion. Yeah, no, no kidding. I mean, you know, I, I can sit all day and watch Comedy Central, whether it's you know new or old. Um, mm-hmm. So, uh, anyways, we're 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 running short on time here. One thing that we always get to ask every content pros guest is to get them to look back as a kid and and let us know where they wanted to get to. So, back at childhood, what what was the big dream? Um. I have this drawing that I did when I was in kindergarten, uh, where I said that I wanted to be a stunt man. Um, so I guess this was my fallback from, from being a stunt man. That's awesome. My wife actually went to school with a guy who is now a stunt man and he fills in for Jamie Bell and most of his movies and stuff. And I don't think it's quite as glamorous as it seems when you're a kid. So I think you probably may have made a good decision. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm, I'm still young. I could, I could, uh, make, make the shift, but, but right now I I'm enjoying this. So the stuntman thing will wait. Well, thanks Matt for joining us today on behalf of content pros. I am Chris Moody from Oracle marketing cloud. I've been joined with Randy Frisch from Uberflip, and we are the content pros podcast. You can follow us at contentprospodcast.com. You can subscribe on iTunes, Stitcher, anywhere you like to get your podcast. And we will talk to you all next week. Thanks for joining. Thanks for tuning in to Content Pros. Please leave a review and subscribe on iTunes or your favorite podcast listening app. Go to contentprospodcast.com for a complete show archive and greatest hits. Content Pros is sponsored by Convince & Convert, Oracle Marketing Cloud, and by Uberflip. And is produced by Convince & Convert Media. Find more great shows like Content Pros at marketingpodcast.com, the first search engine for marketing podcasts.